Hi, Matthew Ledford back for another one of the Success Clues series. Today, we're taking a little different approach, talking about a really important topic, especially here in the Carolinas and the coastal Carolinas, um, flood insurance. And I have invited my friend, the most expert person I know in the flood insurance department, writing policies, understanding all the things, FEMA, um, mudslides, flood zones, Lisa Sherrard. Lisa, thank you so much for being willing to hop on Success Clues today and share some of the secrets of what's coming this fall that a lot of people don't know about. Because a lot of people say, well, what you don't know can't hurt you. But in this case, a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. And it's uh, sometimes it's a surprise when you find out what you didn't know does cost you sometimes. Um, so with that, Lisa Sherrard, I'm gonna let you introduce yourself a little bit. You've been doing this quite some time and pretty active across the Carolinas. Yes, we have. Thank you for having us today. I'm just gonna share my screen here so that you can see. Uh, we're gonna go through a couple slides here just to kind of uh, facilitate the conversation. Uh, my name again is Lisa Sherrard and I'm with Choice Flood Insurance. I've been in the business for over 30 years, uh, both the public and the private sector side. I was the NFIP state coordinator. I served as past chair of the Association of State Floodplain Managers. Uh, I taught the underwriters and customer service representatives for the NFIP Direct. And I now serve as the uh, independent agents and brokers associations on their flood insurance task force. So we have a very, very diverse uh, background in the flood insurance program, both uh, the mapping mitigation, compliance and insurance side. So we kind of have the complete package that most agents don't have to service their customers. But today we're gonna talk about the FEMA and the NFIP and the rates are changing. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's, they're changing. Coming October 1, FEMA is going to be rolling out some new pricing for agents for new business to, to start quoting. And the reason we're doing this is that historically the NFIP has not been able to collect enough premium to cover the losses. This is because their um, pricing has not changed over the last uh, 30 years. Uh, we have equity uh, in some of these things here. Uh, you know, the pricing is just different. Um, they, a lot of factors have gone into consideration, but the new factors are going to re reflect a fuller risk. We have graduated data that you're taking into account, looking at tsunamis, differences between inland and coastal flood risk, uh, Great Lakes flooding, levees, things that they have not taken into account in prior uh, claims or prior rating. So we're looking at annual losses, increase limits on annual losses. That's not going to change. Your discounts aren't going to change. You can still transfer policies to new homeowners. Flood insurance maps are still going to be a factor. And we're still going to have CRS discounts. But what is changing? And this is where we want to spend some time. FEMA is going to uh, reduce the complexity for insurance agents to write these policies by eliminating the requirement for an elevation certificate. Everybody says, I don't have an elevation certificate. So how can I, you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? So they're, uh, the rates come out high when you don't have an elevation certificate. And so they're gonna do away with that requirement and they're gonna look at proxies. They're gonna look at, well, what's, you know, what, what year was the house built? What 
uh, is the common foundation for that time period. Uh, is it, was it Pierce post piles and common, uh, columns? Was it slab on grade? What are the, you know, what are the major requirements at this point? At that time, the house was built. They're also going to be looking at replacement cost value. So for example, a house that was built in 1950 versus a house that was, you know, that, which is 800 square feet versus a house that was built in 2012 at 3000 square feet. There's definitely a disparity when you're looking at rating uh, for the flood insurance. So the materials are different. The building code requirements were different. So they're gonna be kind of leveling those factors out. And so we're gonna see some rates go up and we're gonna some, some rates go down. But replacement cost factor has always in the past been determined by the agent. And that is the one number one thing that's gonna be impacted by this. They always took the agent's word for what the replacement cost value was. And now FEMA is gonna calculate the replacement cost value across the board. So they're gonna be simplifying the premium rates based on a number of factors that we just uh, kind of went over a few of them, but they're gonna be increasing their investment in mitigation by expanding mitigation credits under CRS. They're gonna be giving more credit uh, in the rate for having flood openings or breakaway walls or having no enclosures. And the CRS is the community rating system discount that most communities in South Carolina and North Carolina enjoy. Uh, that's a percentage discount based on the activities that the communities are doing. And as I said before, there's been a huge inequity in this program uh, because there's been a lack of information. Like on the current flood insurance policies, we don't rate using the square footage of the building. So you're gonna pay the same rate you would for an 800 square foot building as you would a 10,000 square foot. The replacement cost value is not a factor in the current uh, rating except in a V zone. Uh, you, the prior claims are only reflected if, if it's a severe repetitive loss. And it doesn't really look at what the cost to rebuild that structure is, what that replacement cost value is. And again, that's always been something provided by the agent. And in V zones, that is a huge problem because a lot of agents, and I've seen applications where an agent on the homeowner's insurance has insured the structure for replacement cost value of $565,000. But when it came to flood, the most flood insurance they could provide was 250,000. So they would put 250,000 down as the replacement cost value, even though their homeowners is written for 565,000. And why this matters is because in V zones or any zone that begins with a V, if it's post firm, it's rated as the value, the value of the insurance policy compared to the replacement cost value of the structure. And they break it down into 50 to 70, 75, you know, uh, 50 or less, excuse me, 50 to 75 and, uh, and then 75 to 100. So for example, uh, and then you pay a different rate based on the percentage insurance that you have to value for your flood insurance policy, excluding any excess policy you may have. They will not let us factor that in. So that 
value, a lot of people have been, because their agent put down 250, they've been paying as if they were 100% insured to value. Well, that is gonna be a problem because we found out there are a lot of structures that are in V-zones that are not insured to value as was previously um, proposed. So the current policies are underpriced, particularly the preferred risk policies. Those policies are written in X zones. They're about $575 a year. And FEMA's finding out that those policies are not generating enough income to cover potential losses. So I think we're gonna see those rates go up. Flood zones are not equal across the country. So if you have a flood zone in a coastal A zone, uh, you're in an A zone outside of Myrtle Beach or Charleston, and you're in an A zone in Idaho, those are not gonna be similar for rating. So people in Idaho may pay, end up paying less because they're not in a coastal tidally influenced area. Pre-firm subsidies are not the main shortfall. Again, I think the main shortfall we figured out is B zones and the preferred risk policies. And the natural number of grandfathered policies is lower than previous estimated. So when you're looking at some of these properties where we had um, structures that are grandfathered, some of that grandfathering is going to go away because there's just not enough people taking advantage of it. Grandfathering is you were either grandfathered for building compliance or continuous coverage. You had a policy for a long time and you could have the flood zone or the flood break increase, uh, flood zone or the base flood elevation grandfathered so your rate wouldn't go up. FEMA estimated there's only about 1,300, 1,500 structures that are being grandfathered. And so they're gonna be phasing that out. So rates are gonna go up gradually in those areas. Uh, VE zones, we're gonna see an immediate increase if the replacement cost value is incorrect and then a gradual increase uh, over time to get to where they, the rates are gonna be. So if you have an existing policy uh, and it's rated correctly, you'll see a gradual increase subject to the cap of 15 to 18%. Uh, if it's uh, misrated, it will go to whatever that rate is. Um, so it's really important that if you have a flood insurance policy and you're in a VE zone that you ask your agent for a copy of the application so that you know what the replacement cost value is and you get that corrected now versus later. Because, uh, and then you can figure out which rate structure is more advantageous for you, the current one or the one that it will be done after October one. We will be able to tell you at that point in time and you'll pay the lowest one. But I have to tell you, the VE zone, VE zone properties are the ones that are scaring me the most as far as uh, seeing immediate jump uh, for misrating because of replacement cost value not being notated correctly on the current policies. AE flood zone properties, we talked about the grandfathering. Inland rates are gonna decrease, I think. I think you're gonna see an area, you're gonna see some decreases. Uh, you're going to see decreases when the for older homes that have less square footage, uh, most likely. Again, we don't have access to the system until um, August to start quoting. Um, 
but we're going to see some changes in the rates. PRP policies are most likely going to increase based on what FEMA has been telling us. So what we need to do right now is we need to do a little flood insurance premium mitigation homework. You need to learn about your policy. You need to do that homework. You need to buy a policy now, even if you're not required to. You can buy a $10,000 policy with a $10,000 deductible. It'll cost you a couple hundred dollars, but you have a policy in place to preserve the rating. So even if you have a buyer who does not want flood insurance, encourage them to buy a policy for a couple hundred dollars. Uh, to preserve that rating while they try and figure it out. Because lo and behold, what the thing that happens the most is people buy a house, they pay cash and they don't want, they don't have a loan and they don't want the policy. So they don't buy the policy at that time. Then they decide, well, we need to get a home equity loan a couple of years later. They wanna get a home equity loan. And then when the home equity loan kicks in, they've got to buy a flood insurance policy and they're paying all the new rates. So it's really critical that we get policies that are in place where we have uh, the current rating preserved. And then once we get access to the system, we'll be able to tell you whether you'd benefit from the new rate or the current rates, but you would be, you'd have your spot reserved in line. So it's absolutely, critical that you buy a policy, even if you're not required to, based on your circumstances. If you're in a visa flood zone and I'd make your agent tell you what the replacement cost value is on that structure, make sure he's got the correct one. You wanna ask the agents uh, that can quote starting in August using the new system and private flood may be an option with, uh, but you need to check the letters first because not all lenders are accepting private flood insurance. So this is how you get a hold of me. You know, Matt, one of the things we're talking about is the mountains too, and we didn't cover that, but we're gonna talk about mountains, mountain properties. You know, a lot of these properties are elevated way above rivers and streams, and they don't think they need to have a flood insurance policy. Well, flood insurance will cover mudslides. Mm. Mudslides are pretty important in mountainous areas because you have, um, areas that you know where you have earth movement and we don't cover earth movement unless it's a milkshake oh. so if it's a mudslide uh and it looks like a milkshake we will cover it but we will not cover cakes so <laughs> no, shakes but no cakes shakes but no cakes oh, so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing there is uh so you know and we all think, well, you know, I can go out and buy a policy today and it's going to be like my homeowner's insurance. It'll be effective at midnight tonight and we're all good to go. But with flood insurance, there is a 30-day waiting period unless there is a loan transaction. Wow. So, so if there's a loan transaction to cover the lender, it may be a little quicker than that. Is that what you're saying? But if it's not a lender situation... If it's not a lender situation, it's 30 days. 30-day wait. If a lender situation is the day of closing. Gotcha. It's taken 45 days to get the closing now. Yeah. You know, they're so busy. So, you know, you can't wait. The time to buy that policy is now. We've got hurricane season coming up. We've been told by the National Weather Service that we're going to have probably the, pr pr the prediction is going to be a higher than average 
uh, storm season. That means we're going to have uh, roughly around 15 to 12 to 15 named storms, six to eight hurricanes, two to three uh, major hurricanes for this year. Wow. Uh, and we don't know where they're going to hit. Last year, it was the um, Gulf Coast that suffered. You know, this year it could be our turn on the Atlantic Coast. It kind of rotates. But the other thing we need to think about, too, is um, mean high tides. Yeah. We are seeing more flooding because of sea level rise factored in. We are seeing more flooding of properties with the mean high tide, with the lunar high tides, when the mm -hmm. you know, full moon. Yep. Um, and people aren't factoring that in. So what wasn't flooding 10 years ago may be flooding today with more repetition. The water's coming up uh, and we're gonna experience more flooding because of this, you know, sea level rise um, or you know, this could be a secular thing, whether you believe in the sea level rise concepts or not. But there's only you know about 150 years worth of data right that we're looking at so it just depends on where you're at in the spectrum but we are experiencing more flooding events your homeowner's insurance is not going to protect you from uh you know a flood right so right. you know what is a flood matt let's talk about that that's, that's what i was going to say is you know you got damages that are happening that, that your homeowner's insurance will cover but then how do we define flood? How do, how is that an event defined? So, from so flood is two or more properties, okay? Okay. And it could be water from any source. It has to be unintentional. So like a lot of people think, well, I live, I don't live near a creek or stream. Well, gee, if the water main breaks in the road and floods your house, mm -hmm. that's two properties. And your homeowner's policy will not cover it. Interesting. Wow. The other one you don't, most people don't think about, you hear about this all the time, is my neighbor's above ground swimming pool collapsed. Oh my goodness. So when you're thinking about it, it had a lady in California, she was in her kitchen and she was doing dishes and she was watching out the window and all of a sudden the pool of her neighbors gave way. Oh. And it just completely collapsed. Wow and flooded her house. So she's like, well, you know, called her homeowner's company. And they said, gee, we're sorry, but that's a flood and you didn't have flood insurance. Oh, so they paid for nothing. So flood is more than just water coming from uh, a river, stream or an ocean. Right. It's water coming from any source, surface water coming from any source. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't want to buy, you know, policy because I don't think I'm going to ever have a claim or, you know, I'm never going to have, it's not going to cover anything. Well, you don't know what it covers until it does. Right. There's a lot of people who have foundation damage after a storm. It'll cover the drying and clear, you know, the cleaning uh, to avoid mold after a flood. So there's a lot of things that will cover that drying and cleaning is very, very expensive mm -hmm. after a flooding event. Right. So those are some of the reasons why we want to have flood insurance, but more importantly, for those people who don't have a policy because these rules are changing and we really don't know what the impact of that change is going to be yet. 
they need to buy a policy between now and September 30th, or really yeah. September 1st. That policy needs to be in effect by September 30th to avoid the new rules. So it almost sounds like when you get your hands in the August uh, software, the new pricing, it'll be a very busy time between that 1st of August or so and the end of September it trying will. to get things requoted and written as people exactly. begin to realize this is an issue. You know, if you have clients who are thinking about selling their houses and they haven't really moved forward with, you know, you know, whether they are or they're not, and if they don't have a lot of policy, you know, uh, don't have a life or a current flood insurance policy, this is the time to get it. Yeah. Because Before it makes it much harder to sell a house without a flood insurance policy. I'm working with one right now who um, it's a condo, two unit condo and uh, the condominium association is supposed to have, and they were best friends and, but now they're in their nineties and they're selling their properties. And you know, the condo association has to have a policy. Right. So, and it's only two units. Wow. So you know, we need to get these things taken care of now versus later, because when you go to uh, make an offer, Yep. first thing they're going to want to know is I need to see the flood insurance policy. I want to know how much the flood insurance is. Um, and if you don't have a flood insurance policy to show them, right. it's all, well, it, it's going to be around this. And yeah. then there's that hesitancy. So they may or may not buy it or that flood may be, be a contingency during the due diligence. Right. Uh, so you could lose a sale based on flood insurance. Right. For so, sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't mind paying, you know, a uh, million dollars for a piece of property, um, but they don't want to pay $20,000 a year for flood insurance. Mm. So we need to make sure that, you know, we get these policies in place beforehand. And at least if we know the policy is $20,000, we know we're selling it with that, with that in mind. Right, right. And that sets realistic expectations for the buyers and the sellers. Well, it sounds like those V zones, especially going with the replacement cost, is is going to be, is the talk that it's going to be commensurate? I mean, if it's, you're only been insuring half and it ends up, you know, really needing double to replace, is the policy going to be double or what are they going to have to do to underwrite? It, it just uses a different formula. And so, but the key is going to be really asking the agent for the application to show that the replacement cost value on the homeowner's policy matches the replacement cost value on the flood policy. Right. Should just They should sync up. Well, and I know with materials getting more and more expensive, replacement cost is going up for everybody too. New construction oh, going up, you, you know? Yeah, yeah okay. it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. But, you know, if you've got a half million dollars of replacement on the homeowner's policy that's been there for 20 years, and you only have 250 replacement cost value on the flood policy, and that's been there for 20 years, yep. there's a disconnect somewhere. No, there's a gap for sure. So we, we want to get that straightened out, you know, uh, before you go to sell the house, because when you go to sell it and the uh, agent to uh, find out that the policy is much more expensive than what the seller has been paying. Right, right. Absolutely. Wow, man, lots of change coming. Sure and is. we know that change is a constant, right? I mean, with the whole sea level rise and the high tide being high tides, I mean, we're real conscious of that here in Charleston. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I hope, uh, hope you uh, find this helpful. And if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a call.
Wonderful, Lisa. Thank you so much for making the time to do this today. Uh, joining us for Success Clues, it helps our agents be more successful, being more knowledgeable about flood insurance and the things that are coming and helps their clients manage their, uh, their finances and their properties in a more effective way and hopefully minimize their risk as well. And so really appreciate you making the time to be with us today. Thank you and enjoy your day. Thanks. Thanks everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Success Clues. Please subscribe to the channel if you like this. There's more coming. Um, Lisa, thank you for being a great guest. Get hold of Lisa if you have any questions. She's the most knowledgeable person I know in flood insurance. She's the one that I send uh, folks who need uh, to look at policies to first and foremost. And so um, thanks, thanks, thanks again, Lisa. Appreciate you joining us. I appreciate it too. Thanks a million. Bye-bye.